Welcome to the Click Podcast. I'm your host, Craig Sullivan. Today's episode is being brought to you by our good friend, Bruce Ford and Lodging Econometrics. If you are looking for information, data, building a new hotel, repositioning a hotel, want to know about PIPs in the area, please contact our good friend, Bruce. And you can, he and his team at Lodging Econometrics will do an outstanding job for you. And you can reach him at Bruce at LodgingEconometrics.com. Today is going to be a very special podcast. I've got Bijal Patel, current chair of the California Hotel and Lodging Association and CEO and principal of Coast Redwood Hospitality. Welcome to the show, my friend. How are you? I'm doing fantastic, Craig. It's uh, It's been a little bit of an up and down over the last six months, but actually I was just reminiscing my last official in-person event as chairman of CHLA was actually the Click Conference in March. So um, I guess we've come full circle now. <laughs> uh, we have. And, you know, hopefully I can get you on a panel for Click 5, which will be on March 4th, 2021. Um, we're going to do a live in-person event, if uh, possible, mm-hmm. and safe for everyone at the new Crown Jewel of the Anaheim Resort area, the JW Marriott. If not, we are dual tracking and we will pivot to a virtual conference. So either way, we will be having Click 5 on March 4th of next year. So, Fantastic. Well, anything to get me out of my home right now. <laughs> Although I will take the virtual event if I have to. But of course, we hope to have meeting guidance out by then. And, and hopefully we can... Uh, you know, start to get some uh, good demand in our industry. So fingers crossed, at least, that we'll turn a corner here soon. Absolutely. You know, you are the youngest chairman of CH in LA in its 120 plus year history. Um, You've got some distinguished awards uh, from AHOA, Choice Hotels, third generation hotelier in your family. Um, and as I recall, your mother was the first woman, uh, president of the Econo Lodge Franchisee Association. Is it, am I right on that? Yes. That's incredible that you have all of that. (laughs) (laughs) I do my research. (laughs) Yeah. My mom was, uh, the first, uh, first, uh, female elected to a, um, Hospitality Franchise um, Advisory Council. That, that was back in 2005. Wow, so, not that long ago. So, no, yeah. So industry service has just kind of been in my uh, blood, as I like to say. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, it is it is great to be recognized by CHLA and to be given uh, the responsibility of a position like this. Of course, uh, when I was elected and, and I was put in queue to become chairman, no one could have predicted uh, you know, the state we'd be in in 2020. And, um, you know, certainly the first two or three months of my chairmanship uh, were a lot different than the last six months have been. So, um, but, you know, this is this is what leadership is and, and the industry is in dire need right now. And, uh, you know, I'm grateful to at least be having the opportunity to assist in probably one of the worst crises uh, that our industry has faced. You know, and I'm really thankful that you're there, too. And, you know, let's dive into that a little bit. I mean, obviously, you're talking to the governor, uh, our representatives in Sacramento, the brands. What's that all been like for you and for the association? 
Yeah. So, you know, and I'm very much a glass half full kind of leader. And so, um, you know, even throughout this pandemic, it's been important for us to kind of seize on um, on the positives. And, and, you know, I'll just mention, I mean, the current administration, right, if you look at um, you know, um, our hospitality industry's relationship in Sacramento, you know, going into 2020 was maybe not the strongest. You know, we had our, we, we, we definitely had a seat at the table, but it, it wasn't kind of the way that we wanted it to be. Right. And certainly in the last six months, I mean, the pandemic has brought us so much closer to government in Sacramento. And I think the relationships that we've built up, I mean, directly with the governor through Project Room Key um, and all those things, I think are really going to hopefully pay dividends back, uh, you know, in the coming years. It, it really gave us an opening in Sacramento to really show how the industry can come together, how we can give back to our communities and, um, uh, you know, to those in need. So I'm really hopeful uh, that at least all the work we've put in with developing the um, industry guidance and all these things are going to definitely uh, come back to help the industry, you know, once we're kind of rebounded and out of this coronavirus um, situation. <laughs> so Absolutely. I believe it's been positive. Uh, you know, it, there have been challenges along the way, of course. But, uh, you know, I think for the ho- a testament to the work we've done is being allowed to reopen as an industry on June 12th um, has was was fantastic. You know, I think it was way earlier than we anticipated. We thought it would happen sometime, you know, mid to end July or maybe August. But, you know, we really got thrown a bone there to be allowed to reopen on June 12th and really take advantage of the important summer season. So that might have been the difference of life or death for many of our um our industry partners, you know? So I, I think things like that have been very positive, um, you know? So I, I like to focus on the positives, Craig. <laughs> Absolutely. And then, you know, I mean, you have a healthier life as you do. I mean, we've got too many people right. that are upset and focused on the negative right now. And that's, you know, one of the things with this show, it's, it's, it's a open forum and it's, you know, let's, let's give out, you know, great information to, our fellow hoteliers across the the state and beyond and you know we've had some really important guests such as yourself and i and you're in the thick of it right now you've also got you know you've got COVID 19 you've strengthened our relationship with not only the governor but the representatives and everybody else throughout the governmental agencies in the state now we've got a couple of things and this is what we were talking about the other week looming out there that could be devastating for not only the hospitality sector in the state but commercial real estate in general and that's propositions 15 and 19 um what what do you what are you seeing what are you thinking what are your opinions on those propositions yeah, so Proposition 15 is, is, is we, we foresee it as an extremely detrimental threat uh, to the industry. I believe um, you know, the coalition we're a part of now is, is calling it the biggest property tax increase uh, in California's history. We certainly, um, from a hospitality industry perspective, you know, we see ordinances pop up from time to time across the state in different areas, or we do kind of see bills proposed that we say, okay, that would be a threat. But 
I actually would go as far to even you know to even say that probably Prop 15 is probably one of the biggest threats to the hotel industry today, um, and and that's because of the you know three digit percentage increase in property taxation that would happen as a result of this, right? So, yeah. um, you know, you're looking at basically for your, the listeners that aren't aware, um, you know. Prop 15 would undo uh, the protections that Prop 13 put in place, you know, 40 some years ago, where your property taxes uh, basically locked in at your purchase price, and you know it's capped. The inc- annual increases are capped at about one or two percent. Two percent. Yeah. It gives you an opportunity to at least pre- know and predict what your property tax bill is going to be, even in uncertainty. And we kind of saw that, you know, through the pandemic, you know that. You know, there's so much volatility and uncertainty in the markets, but you at least know you can control some of those costs. And I think Prop 13 was really important for a lot of us um, in terms of planning over the years, um, in good years and bad years. So, you know, we knew right. what our we knew what our assessment was going to be, and and we lived with it, and it didn't change year in year out. The issue with Prop 15 is that it would it would reassess all commercial real estate over three million dollars in the state of California. Um, to current market value, and that and that could be reassessed a, a minimum of once every three years. So you know, every three years potentially, or maybe even every year, if you're in a city that really wants to keep doing this, which you know they they it's in their purview too. You know, theoretically, every year you could just be reassessed to current market value. Right. And you know, it it creates a tremendous amount of of uncertainty. Um, and, you know, I think the timing is wrong. Um, you know, this would go into effect late 2020. They say it's going to be phased in 2022, 2023. Of course, we're talking about industry recovery, uh, starting to, to come back, you know, tail end of 2022, 2023. And so it's just an extremely, you know, volatile time to, to be able to plan, you know, the return to business and then also, have a five or six digit increase um, on your property tax bill. And I'll put that into perspective just real quick. Please. Uh, you know, we, we did some case studies uh, at CHNLA on how this would impact a typical hotelier. And Craig, I'm happy to share this slide deck with you so you could maybe share it with the podcast. But Love to, yeah. Please. You know, like for instance, Hotel Owner One purchased a 60 room independent motel for $6 million in 2011. You know that property today is valued at 10 million. Uh, they would see a $40,000 net change in property tax under Prop 15, and the cost to the owner over three years would be 120,000. So that's kind of more on the uh, you know kind of middle ground. You know, if you're looking at uh, uh, values in the, in the state of California for hotels and that kind of thing. I mean, right. you're easily looking, I think our lowest example, we've got a, you know, a 30 room independent motel, which again, very typical in the state of California with the beachside communities, you know, purchased for about 1.3 property today worth over 3 million. You know, they're looking at a $20,000 change, um, in their property tax bill and about 62,000 over three years. So however you slice it, whether you're a 30 room property or you're, you know, a thousand room property, this hurts. Yeah. And this could not come at a worst, worst time. Uh, and, and I think, you know, we really as an industry have to rally behind this now. Well, because... I, I think yeah, I absolutely agree with you, Bijal. And, you know, the other thing is the rest of the commercial real estate world needs to rally around this as well. And, 
I, you know, I remember that's how old I am when Prop 13 was <laughs> on the ballot. Okay. And uh-huh. I remember my parents being all for it and my dad sitting down. I was a teenager and, you know, trying to explain it to me. And I just wanted to go out and, you know, play sports or something. Um, but, you know, it, it, it has benefited everybody. There, there's a group out there that's stating that there's loopholes in Prop 13. There is not. That is an right. untrue statement. Um, and that's me being politically correct. Right. Uh, <laughs> um, now, if you look at Prop 13, and I'm sorry, but I'm going to pick on the county assessor and county tax collectors in two different counties, San Francisco and Los Angeles. Um, most of the assessors do not want this to go through because they are not staffed for it. They don't have the software. The implementation is going to be horrendous and full of errors and trying to get people to get them trained and, and verse in this is going to be a nightmare. Okay. Right. Now we, we, I agree with that assessment too. (laughs) Now, if, if the county assessors and the county tax collectors are doing their jobs in their current form, there is no need for these propositions because anytime there is a transfer, anytime there is a construction loan, anytime a permit is pulled, okay, that triggers reassessment. Now let's deal with just a permit, say for a PIP, property improvement plan for a hotel or upgrades to an independent boutique hotel or any any independent hotel. Okay, that permit is now triggered a reassessment for the total cost of that renovation. So they need to start doing that. They need to start working with the individual cities and getting those permits and looking at that. Right Now, when you do a construction loan, uh, yeah, that triggers one. When there's a sale and those documentary transfer tax dollars are on there, that, tra- that tra- transfer triggers a sale. And typically you will get, in Los Angeles County, you will probably get a supplemental tax bill, which is a one-time thing. And then you're reassessed for the next fiscal year's taxes because of that sale. So, you know, I I hate to point the finger and blame people, but it seems to me that if they are doing their jobs, and I was just recently told this by a uh, consultant, that the city of San, or the county of San Francisco has been sitting on all these reassessments that would be triggered by a sale, a construction loan, and permits for 24 months. Wow. Okay. (laughs) And I was on a, on a conference call with another organization and that bombshell was dropped and I, I was floored. Okay. And that's why I say the tax collector, tax assessors need to start doing their jobs. There is no need for this. Right. Prop 13 protects us. If this goes through, this is opening the door for the gutting of Prop 13, which will also be horrendous. You know, uh, we are the number one taxed state in the union. Right. These propositions are about 
unions in getting, you know, funding for for their members, whether it's salaries or anything else. There's no oversight. There's very little transparency. And as I recall, only 40% of the money uh, from Prop 15 goes to schools. And that's an important thing to bring up. I mean, yeah, it, you know, I, I, I do try as part of my job to, to, to really look at a really balanced thing. You know, anytime, not just Prop 15, anytime we right. kind of vet a bill and it could affect the industry. I mean, it's my duty as the leader to really vet something and really, you know, before figuring out what stance to take. And so we really, tr- I really tried to get my head around Prop 15 and say, okay, is this good? You know, do we need this? You know, really tried my best to, to go through it, right? Right. But I just, I found so many holes, as you're pointing out, um, you know, only 40% going to education, 70% kind of unallocated, you know, we've seen this before with lottery and gas tax, right? Yep. Uh, what happens to that 70% and where it's spent? You know, another thing for me was that uh, local. this is going to burden the local governments. And I read that uh, it's going to create almost a billion dollars in new administrative expenses over yeah. the three years. And they have to repay those administrative uh, um, expenses before any of the tax revenue can go towards the stated goals of the measure. Okay. So, you know, we're looking at a seven to 12 billion increase, but you've already got a billion uh, that's uh, going to be wrapped up in administrative costs. And then, you know, 40% will go to schools, 70%. I mean, this is, this is not the way for us to come full circle and do this. And I think it's hard, you know, I do try, you know, Again, very compelling arguments about schools and, and funding and not to say that there isn't a need there, but it's hard to get behind something um, that's just poorly written and not well thought out. And I think, you know, because this is an industry podcast, I, I would like to point out this is kind of a little interesting. Uh, so visit California back in uh, April, March timeframe, just as the pandemic was hitting um, and all these things uh, started to look at um tourism and the hotel industry's impact uh, throughout the state of California. And I thought this was kind of an interesting tidbit to share with your listeners. Um, hotel account, hotel taxes on average accounted for 12.4% of city spending. Yep. So across 68 cities uh, that count on TOT revenue, um, they, they count, uh, those 68 cities count on 20% of TOT revenue for spending. Uh, 482 California cities levied TOT in 2017 2018 fiscal year that raised $2.6 billion for municipal services. That's money for police, fire, and most general government functions. Okay. So this is almost, I, I even go as far to say for the hotel industry, I mean, this is almost double taxation. It is. Because yeah. You you know, and we ha- we saw TOT. I mean, TOT uh, increases on the ballots have been very popular over the last three or four years. We saw a lot of them that were planned for 2020, fortunately, get canceled or postponed. But you know, if you look at TOT, that's anywhere from 10 to I think on the high end, we have some Bay Area cities here that are now like at 15 and a half or 16 percent. I mean, we're loving TOT to go to general services like this. And then we also want to increase property tax, Yeah, uh, you know, by five or six digits. I mean, you know, we as an industry, how long are we going to be able to keep, to keep doing this? Well, we can't. Uh, I, and you know what? It's funny because I've been 
making the same argument for over 25 years. Every time I'm speaking someplace right. and, you know, the subject of taxes come up, I go, wait a minute. You know what? Next time you meet a hotelier, you should shake their hand and thank them because that transit occupancy tax takes care of your fire, your police, your EMTs, general services. It goes on and on. And you see that on your bill every time you check out of a hotel. Right. So now if you think about it, you've also got sales tax. So you right. know, again, if if the assessors and collectors, because they're both vital in this, this conversation, do their job, okay? And they pay attention to those permits and the transfers and the construction loans, that triggers a reassessment. So individual case by case, boom, that's taken care of. You and I both know when the cycle is hot, everything is up for sale. You know, it may or may not be listed, but it is up for sale. There's very few companies that build generational wealth. There are a few of them, but you know, you look at some of the bigger REITs and, and even the smaller owner operators, they want to get in, get out in this cycle. They're not hanging on to it for to pass it on to the next generation in a lot of cases. So, you know, I, there's money there, you know, right. you cannot simply just, you know, try and do this through a back door. You know, I, I think we were all going to be in agreement at some point that there's going to be a tax increase because of this pandemic, whether right. it is a national sales tax or something else. But it's 50, 55 cents out of every dollar you spend for gasoline for your car goes into our road taxes. And, you know, it's it, there's no accountability there. There's no accountability with this measure. It's 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 poorly written. Um, I like our attorney general, but I think uh, th this bill was very poorly written. Um, yeah, I, it, it, it's it's not needed. Just do your job. Um, and and that's the thing. I mean, and exactly. I think you see you, you summarized it very well that, you know, we understand that there's probably some room, you know, on either side, but this is just not the way to do it. Yeah. Um, and I think timing as well uh, is another thing um, that, you know, is not on our side. So, um, you know, I, I want to point out as well, this being a pandemic election, uh, that California will majority be a mail-in ballot state. Right. And what that means for us as an industry is that um, we have a very short time to get our message out there about the no on, no on Prop 15 campaign. Um, ballots will be mailed, uh, I believe, October 5th. Right. In the state of California, you know, we're not in a battleground state where people, you know, where we're going to decide an election. People in California are very, very very educated voters and very um, stubborn voters, if I may. Um, and You're so, being politically correct. I'm being very be. politically correct. Uh, so, you know, we're not, you know, I, I have a strong feeling that when people get their ballots on October 5th, they're going to rip it open and, and they're going to fill it out and they're going to mail it back in. You know, we've been hearing about the United States Postal Service and delays and all this. I don't, right. I think, I think people are going to be very eager the second they get their ballots to vote and get it mailed in. Yeah. Um, and so for us, that creates an, a challenge um, because we have a short period of time to get the word out there. We need to be engaging our, our employees. Okay. 
Um, this is going to affect every single associate at, at our hotels. Right. Um, we need to be engaging our high value, our high value guests. Yeah. Um, you know, one thing in the pandemic that we saw is we saw a lot of intra-California travel, right? So we're not really catering to many, very many out-of-state businessmen or tourists. We're catering to our own fellow Californians. And if you've built a relationship with, you know, a guest that stays at your hotel every week or comes by, you know, every month, you know, you need to have a conversation with them about Prop 15. You're, you need yeah. to have a conversation with your staff about Prop 15, your neighbors, your local uh, rotaries, your, you know, all wherever you get the opportunity to really educate, because the title and summary on the ballot for this initiative is, um, you know, commercial tax uh, for increasing fund school funding and local communities, you know. If someone has not done their homework and they open up their ballot, they're going to read that and say, oh, I should, that sounds good. You know, increase right. funding for schools and local community. Who doesn't want that, right? The onus is on us to educate. We need every Californian to know what Prop 15 stands for and they need to vote no. So we're asking, um, we've officially joined in on the No on Prop 15 coalition. We are raising funds. We as CHNLA are raising funds for the hospitality portion of the opposition campaign. Um, so, you know, there is a there is an opposition campaign. We are raising funds. They've come to us and said, look, you know, other industries have stepped up the office buildings, you know, those types of industries, restaurants, all those things. You know, the hotel industry needs to step up. So we are raising funds on behalf of CHNLA. We're asking for $10,000 for a select service property, $20,000 for a, a full service. And we understand it is a pandemic. Yeah. Uh, and that is a very tough number to swallow for a lot of properties. But if you look at the case studies and you actually you know, calculate what the delta on your taxation is going to be, um, I think it makes the argument you know, a no-brainer uh, for anybody that's done the calculations. You know, five, six-digit increases. On one of my family properties that we've owned for, I think, like 45 years, Craig, we're looking at a $60,000 delta wow. um, on our property tax bill, right? And so if you're looking at a $10,000 donation to fight no on Prop 15 versus a $60,000 increase every year, yeah. Um, you know, it, the, num the the argument itself is compelling. And, and that's that's the important part is that I know the pandemic we're hoping is in a vacuum, that it's it's going to be a year or two and then we'll be able to get on with our merry lives. Right. Lives, yeah. the, the issue with Prop 15 is that this is for life. I mean, look at the shelf life of Prop 13. If this does get on, you know, um, over, you know, if this does get passed. You know, 40 years we had with Prop 13, we could have another 40 years with Prop 15, right? So minimum, yeah. That that delta, you know, that sixty thousand, I gotta multiply that by 40 years. Right. You know, it's it's not a one-time thing. And so, you know, anything that we can do, our hotel industry can do to get the word out there. If you go to our website, calodging.com, it's we've got a banner that says, you know, the largest property tax increase um, in California's history. Click learn more. You can donate by credit card or by check. Um, but we also will be sharing resources on how to have conversations with your community members, how to talk to your associates, how to talk to your guests as well. So we really need to kind of have a three-pronged approach on this where we're asking for the funds. 
Um, we're asking for you to share your story uh, with you know the people around you. And then third, the most important thing is don't forget to vote, right? I think sometimes yeah. you know, we get bogged down in the in the uh, in intricacies of life and, and, and all these things and we forget to vote no or we forget to even tell our family. I mean, talk to your spouses, your kids if they're a voting age, you know. We really need everybody to remember to vote no. Got to vote, got to vote no. Absolutely. You know. Absolutely. So, Bijou, my friend, we are just about out of time. This has been, I think, the fastest half hour I've ever recorded. Right. Uh, <laughs> thank you so very much for being a part of the conversation on the Click Podcast. You are welcome to come back anytime. Give me a call. Let's talk about updates before um, the election. And, you know, whatever I can do to help please let me know. I'd be glad to. And would you give a shameless plug for yourself and CH and LA so people know how to get a hold of you and where they can go to donate? And I'm assuming you're taking individual con- contributions as well. Yeah. So um, thank you again for having me. I agree. It's been a fast half an hour, but um, testament to great conversation and the passion for leadership that both you and I have for our industry. So happy to come back anytime. Uh, you can visit www.calodging.com. Uh, we do have on our landing page an opportunity for you to click and learn more about Prop 15. And then there is a space for you to type in all of your contributed information. So one thing I didn't mention earlier, any contribution that comes through um, CHNLA for no on Prop 15, there are campaign contrib- uh, contribution reporting requirements. We will take care of all of that for you if you donate through our portal. So I think that's really important too. If yeah. you donate on your own directly to the campaign, you may end up, you know, having to do your own um, campaign compliance counseling in January. We take care of all that for you. Uh, so I think that's kind of just another one more thing that you don't have to worry about that we will gladly take care of for you. So please visit calodging.com. Please contribute to our campaign and look out for our um, materials to get the word out there. Uh, because we're going to need everybody's uh, participation and support on this. On Absolutely. Absolutely. Thank you again, my friend. Thank you. Thank you, our listeners, for being a part of the conversation. Until the next episode, aloha.